The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer, and thank you for joining us again on our AI Today podcast. We are now in our fifth season. That is, we've been recording for over four years. We celebrated our fourth anniversary earlier this month in September of 2021, if you're listening to us later on, and uh, well over 200 plus episodes. And we've been focusing on the challenges and the, the issues of making AI work within enterprises and organizations of all types. And you've heard us interview organizations from large banks and financial services institutions, pharmaceutical companies, especially in the past year as they've been going through the pandemic and really reworking their organizations from top to bottom. Um, and as well as, or, as well as government organizations in the United States, federal, state, and local level, international, you heard us interview Lord Tim Clement Jones, the UK House of Lords, and Australian folks and Hungarian folks and companies and, and countries from all around the world. It's very interesting that we're all kind of moving this, this ship forward. It's, a, it's, it's actually kind of nice how international uh, artificial intelligence truly is, and that there really isn't such a centricity of the technology as maybe there has been with social media and other things, Silicon Valley centric or computing and that sort of stuff. No, AI is really properly very international. And it is on that sort of note that I am really thrilled to introduce our guest presenter, our guest uh, host, uh, sorry, guest, <laughs> featured guest for our AI Today podcast. And that is Albert King, who is the chief data officer of the Scottish government. We are sort of thrilled, totally thrilled to have him here. So thank you so much, Albert, for joining us on AI Today podcast. Well, I am delighted to be here and apparently in such exalted company as well. What a treat. So uh, yeah, flattered to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you today um, and for this interview. So we'd like to start by having you introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your background and also about your current role at as CDO of the Scottish government. Our listeners know that we have produced country level strategy reports on how different countries, you know, their AI adoption and their AI strategy. Uh, and so we're really excited to have you here to share, um, you know, what Scotland is doing as well. So, um, so yeah, so please introduce yourself to our listeners. Yeah, thanks very much. So, um, I mean, essentially, my job is to make real uh, the Scottish government's vision for data that it's used systematically to save time, money, and lives, and that's all about contributing to making Scotland wealthier, fairer, and greener. So, no small job then. Um, and so, as the centre of excellence for data uh, in government, uh, my teams are committed to helping us realise that vision, and that's really through, I guess, three things, through the platforms that we provide um, to support the sort of end-to-end -end data journey for analysts across government and, and public bodies uh, in Scotland. Uh, secondly, really about providing specialist expertise and analytical skills, particularly in um, uh, areas where uh, those are you know, difficult to acquire or, or have, have particular kind of deep expertise. And thirdly, really around providing the, the policies and governance that we put in place to deliver all of that. Um, so the kind of outward looking piece. 
So, yeah, as I say, we're making that vision real through the services we provide and the policy and strategies we create and deliver, ultimately then to help us to achieve um, the outcomes set out in our national performance framework. Um, so, uh, you know, full disclosure, I'm a data professional to trade, so I would tinker with all this technology just for fun if, if people let me, but it turns out it's really about the ultimately the social, economic and environmental value this creates, right? And the National Performance Framework sets out our purpose as a government to create a more successful country uh, in Scotland. Um, and interestingly, actually, Ron, picking up on some of what you were saying earlier, you know, I, I definitely think this is an agenda where we can connect, apart from the other things I said about Wealthy Affair and Greener, to that international agenda, because this is really, and one of the things that, that's really clear is that there are challenges around this technology that really do have that, that international dimension so that opportunity to demonstrate our sort of international contribution and that we're an outward looking nation, I think is really important as well. So linking all of that back then to AI, that is a big feature of our AI strategy, that NPF, that national performance framework woven through it, connects those outcomes. And it really is, the AI strategy really is about putting people and society at its heart and achieving those, those outcomes through the, the adoption and use of, of, of that particular sort of data-driven technology. So yeah, yeah, it's fantastic, and that's really very interesting. I think our listeners might be really very interested in the in the NPF, the National Performance Framework, because people are looking for uh, frameworks in general to help guide whether they're you know multinational organizations and agencies, or they're country level uh, agencies or organizations, or even businesses of all types and sizes. You know, we're all trying to figure out how to really make make data. Uh, really work in a, in a way that's beneficial to to the organization and to our customers and to our citizens and to and to everyone in the society. And I think that's a, we're in an interesting place now. People are paying much more attention uh, to data. I think nowadays to the average person <laughs> than we might have in the in the past. And um, as men, as Kathleen mentioned, yeah, we really we have covered uh, AI strategies from Afghanistan to Zimbabwe and every country in between. You know, Botswana and Cape Verde and Colombia and Hungary. And it's interesting, really. Most nations are thinking about their country's positioning with regards to AI at the production or the consumption level. So um, in March of 2021, earlier this year, we know that uh, Scotland published its own AI strategy, and we talked a little bit about that just, just now. But uh, maybe you could tell our, our listeners a little bit about sort of what led up to the creation and uh, a little bit about the strategy as well as to, as to kind of you know, how uh, Scotland you know, feels uh, it's, it's participating and playing within this in this global ecosystem of uh, of data forward uh, organizations. Yeah, thanks, Ron. Um, yeah, so the background to the AI strategy, I guess, and the genesis of it, if you like, um, was a sort of recognition of first of all some strengths maybe that Scotland has in AI. So you know we've got excellent um, research institutions here in Scotland and. Uh, University in Scotland do some of the, um, you know, often recognised in the top rankings for, for research. Um, there was also a sort of piece around the innovative companies that we've got in Scotland. So really transforming, I guess, the potential uh, that that research creates into the economic value and, and also actually innovative public services that are looking to adopt this um, these technologies. And as you, you know, as you were saying, um, Turn, turn the technology into to real, in this case, social value. Um, but there was also um, 
a recognition of the risks and indeed fears that sometimes are associated with this with these technologies. And so that kind of came together really, I guess, as the, the impetus that, that, that drove us to act. And um, our ministers, our cabinet secretary for finance asked us to take forward the development of a, an AI strategy. I mean, really asking us to put citizens at the center of that, to maximize the value for AI. Um, and really, I suppose, with the, the driving thinking that we would only see that value realized if it's adopted widely and underpinned by confidence and trust in the technology, right? So um, that was kind of the genesis of it. And that led us into a process of developing a strategy with a really strong emphasis on engagement. Um, so across a you know a cross-section of Scottish society on what mattered to them, um, bringing um, a lot of expert voices together as well to advise us on, on that. And not just from within Scotland, but from across the UK and perspectives from, from outside of um, our, our own ecosystem. One of the things I'm always very keen to have is a bit of um, challenge and perspective from outside our own, uh, our own sort of ecosystem. So that's one of the reasons why it's great to have these kind of conversations. So, yeah, the messages that came through um, were pretty clear, you know, that, that there are those fears um, and that people, citizens of Scotland, are looking for us to take action to address those and to, yeah, to, to make sure that the adoption of these technologies is trustworthy, ethical and inclusive. And, and that's the vision that we have for our strategy. But also, and I think this is something that, that was um, I was particularly pleased about, um, that there was a consistent optimism as well, that if we do get that right, that this technology can really unlock some, some real benefits for, for us, um, for our society and our economy. Um, so yeah, that led us to have that focus on trust, ethics, um, and inclusivity. And I think um, when we, we we did the launch of the strategies, as you say, in March 2021, and um, you know I was I was delighted to see um, how how much it resonated with society, but also with um, those who joined us from around the world to talk to us about the strategy when we launched it from New Zealand, from Europe, um, from you know the Nordic countries, and indeed from from the US, and it. You know, clearly what we're saying there has has resonated with people here and, and elsewhere, which is fantastic. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, too, because AI has been around for many decades. And actually, the UK has been a thought leader in artificial intelligence for quite some time. I mean, Alan Turing, you know, and and so those concepts back in the 1950s, 40s and 50s, you know, I mean, it's been around for quite some time. And I know that uh, the UK in particular, broadly, has had a focus on ethical, being a leader in ethical, you know, responsible AI. So um, I, I really enjoyed when we read the strategy that you're focusing on that as well. For our listeners that have not had a chance to look at the strategy, or if they'd like to look at it a little bit deeper, we will link to it in the show notes. And I definitely encourage you to check it out. But with this strategy, can you talk more about the strategy's goal of motivating Scotland to become a leader in the development and use of trustworthy, ethical, and inclusive AI, maybe what that means and how you how you want to go about doing that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, as I was saying earlier, um, the strategy and, and that focus really reflect views from across society. Um, and that reflects, I think, the fact that that trust, ethics, and inclusivity is vital if we're to see adoption. Um, and I just want to be clear that that's not a defensive position. You know, ethics, being ethical, trustworthy, and inclusive is not a defensive position or indeed a nice to have. 
it's fundamental to adoption in a public services and economy. This is, um, you know, a, a necessary condition if we're to um, uh, unlock that potential. So um, I think um, that that would be a sort of starting point to this. And I think the key to success will be um, the work we're doing to move beyond the principles. So our strategy, for those who um, I hope will go and, go and read it, will see that our vision will then be guided by a set of principles that we've adopted. And again, um, looking to be as internationally outward looking as we can, we've adopted the OECD's principles on trustworthy AI and uh, UNICEF's guidance on um, AI for children as well, which was a particular focus actually in the strategy, given that we, we recognise the particular challenges that AI um, brings for children. But going beyond those principles, um, which will guide us to actually provide the tangible approaches that instantiate those principles in the way that practitioners, folks who are developing these technologies and deploying them, um, actually do that, and the way that citizens and public services are going to actually apply those principles in practice. Um, and so the, the key thing that we're doing there is we're taking uh, taking those and using them to form the development of our AI playbook, which we're going to publish in, in spring next year. And that's going to be a thing that's going to really, well, it's going to be informed by the needs of our stakeholders, first and foremost. It's going to bring that real understanding of the application of those principles to real world use cases. Um, it's also going to be um, something we'll continue to iterate over um, because, you know, these neither the technology nor public attitudes are static in this space. Um, and so we're really open and candid about that. But it will enable people, as you said, businesses and citizens in our economy to, to really understand how they can apply this technology in ways which are uh, trustworthy, ethical and inclusive. Yeah, that, that's incredibly important. And as you mentioned, uh, ethics and responsible AIs should not be an afterthought. I know one of the things that we do, especially in our training and certification, I know our listeners know this, that we focus a lot on doing AI right. And doing AI right is kind of an interesting two-sided coin, right? There's the one part of running AI projects the right way, because there's so many failures for AI projects, you know, misaligned expectations, challenges around data quality and data quantity, uh, many issues around um, uh, biting off too much, honestly, trying to trying to boil the ocean. These are all these sort of 10 uh, you know, main reasons why AI projects fail. And by the way, a little bit of foreshadowing for our podcast listeners, we will actually be doing a podcast series and I include all of our listeners to stay subscribed because we will be doing a series on each one of these common failure modes for AI, kind of more of a of an educational bent for our audience. But as mentioned, you know, in our training and certification on the CPMAI methodology, which, as you know, is a best practices methodology for running AI projects, um, ethics and responsible AI must be considered at the very first steps because it's an issue of trust, as you mentioned. If you can't trust the system that you're depending on for algorithmic decision making, for predictive analytics, for detecting anomalies or detecting patterns, for recognizing people or individuals within images, for the conversations we, we, you have with them. If you can't trust the systems, then you will just not use the technology or you'll resist it or you'll 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 apply it in inappropriate ways or, or trust it in ways that should not be trusted. So this is very, very key and critical. And for our listeners, if you are interested in learning more about that, training and certification, we do encourage you to go to courses.cognolytica.com. Uh, That's courses.cognolytica.com. But picking up on that note, which is a really around education and knowledge and, and training and all that sort of stuff, how do you see, um, this is our question for you, how do you see the Scottish government's AI strategy helping 
those who are trying to put AI into practice, the Scottish companies or the individuals, the citizens who are using or interacting with AI technology, how do you how are you seeing like helping increase the knowledge around AI? Um, and, and also helping companies or organizations or government agencies build more trustworthy and ethical and responsible AI systems. Yeah, um, so I'll, I'll answer that in a second, but just reflecting on some of the points you just made there, Ronnie, that's you know, really interesting content that you're talking about there. I think um, you know, your point about um, uh, ethics needing to be considered right at the outset, indeed, actually throughout a project, right? Because the nature of these technologies means that it's not like a once and done thing. It's it's throughout the life cycle of a project is is a great one. And actually, I was just thinking about um, the way we responded to the COVID crisis, but a lot of which was sort of data driven, right? And used data driven technologies. And actually, one of the you know there were three three principal elements to our data driven response. One was around the sort of platforms and and and, and technology. The other around the capability and the data, and the third actually was around the ethics and making sure that even when we're having to work at pace um, and in a crisis, that we make sure that the way that we do that is ethical and trustworthy. Um, and uh, yeah, so we built that into to our response there. And actually, you know, coming back to your question, that's a good example of how we are helping organizations in the public sector to instantiate all of that uh, in a very real way um, through those kind of model processes and support around, around that. I think um, more generally and you know thinking more outwardly, the public engagement um, that we're engaged in, so we're, we're sort of we're setting up a, a sort of infrastructure for public engagement, I guess, around AI and data-driven technologies that really enables practitioners to engage uh, in meaningful ways with the public, um, you know, for example, through deliberative public engagement, um, to explore issues that might arise through the, the life course of projects. Um, and to do that in a way as well, which builds uh, more systematically a sort of understanding of the kinds of public attitudes around these things, right? Because you know, it doesn't become just a once and done thing for a given project, but that we actually start to build up um, uh, a kind of corpus of knowledge ar around this stuff. So that's that's one set of things. The second set of things is actually about, um, I think, yeah, the resources that we're providing for schools, you know, really important. You know, I mentioned earlier the um, kind of recognition that we have that, that AI presents particular challenges for children and young people. Um, and so helping them to understand what these technologies mean for them and, and the sensitivities and risks about them. We ran a, a really great event um, with colleagues from across kind of European countries a couple of weeks back. Um, and there was a really good question asked about just what, uh, you know, what, what are the particular risks for children uh, around these technologies? And I think, you know, if you think back to growing up, um, with, uh, with the internet and data-driven technologies, the kind of exhaust gas of data that you have as a young person now, which will you know, chart your whole life course. Um, don't, don't wish to be uh, uh, too forward, but I suspect nobody on this call um, has quite grown up from, you know, from birth and, and, and lived their entire lives online in quite the way that um, children and young people are, are today. Uh, and what that means for them, uh, in terms of the the impact that it that the way that data might be uh, used for them, I think is something that we need to help them through. And yeah, the wider public and community engagement as well that we're developing. And finally, I'll point to that Scottish AI playbook, right, which isn't just a resource for businesses and organisations; it's a resource for citizens that they can uh, pick up uh, and use. But very much um, uh, the 
the sort of governance that we've set up around the AI Alliance that we have in Scotland does does have that um, community element as well. So uh, there's a whole whole range of things, and it, it's really fantastic to see actually how well people are engaging with this. So um, it is it is an issue and a subject that certainly excites a lot of interest from from citizens, which is which is brilliant. Yeah, that is great to hear. You know, and having these conversations is wonderful as well because it helps. You know, everybody know, hey, you do have a strategy. Let's discuss it and, you know, definitely read it. As I mentioned, we'll link to it in the show notes. And I encourage our listeners to check that out Um, because there is no one central location for AI either. You know, lots of different regions have a lot to contribute um, across the world. And that's one thing that we have noticed for the past four coming on five years that we've had our podcast, you know, it's really been international and we like to talk to people from all over the world about how they're doing things. So whenever we have interviews, we always end our podcast with the same question because we love to hear the responses that we get. And sometimes we have general themes, uh, but you know, no two responses are ever the same. And that's why we love this question so much. As a final note, what do you believe the future of AI is in general and its application to organizations, governments, and beyond? Yeah, that is a very interesting question, isn't it? And uh, you know, you have to publish a compilation of the answers someday because I'm sure it would be uh, it would be exciting listening. So, I mean, I guess um, I think particularly in higher risk applications, I, I see AI being very much uh, supportive technology. So, keeping humans in the loop and essentially enhancing human agency uh, and making our working lives more productive and more rewarding. Um, because I do think there are risks that we need to pay attention to. Um, and, you know, many of these are, are kind of well rehearsed, um, you know, in the media around misin- uh, sort of misinformation, uh, around entrenching bias. Uh, and I think we're starting to see emerging um, deep differentiators uh, in the world. I mean, it was interesting your comment that, that everybody's got something to add, but I also can see that there are sort of almost like blocks in terms of the thinking around these issues emerging globally. Um, and the different approaches that governments um, and supranational organizations are taking to, to kind of managing those issues. So I think it's quite interesting to see that uh, uh, happening. And I think, therefore, in a free society, the potential for AI to be pervasive um, and help us unlock productivity and societal benefits um, does need to uh, see us developing that trust and confidence uh, in our communities and the potential to use approaches like synthetic data, you know, to enable new applications whilst protecting protecting confidentiality of citizens, I think is a really exciting opportunity um, that kind of helps to um, see our way through some of those um, sensitivities around, you know, trust and privacy and protection. So yeah, I think if we get it right, I think AI will help us to tackle um, some of those big challenges. I think on a mundane level, you know, it'll help us with, with kind of automation and greater efficiency and all that kind of thing. But I think, you know, given the, the challenges we're facing into, such as climate change, I think the potential to help us unlock better use of resources, make better decisions about where to make investments um, and, and understand really complex issues. I think uh, that's where I'd love to see um, some really exciting applications coming through. And I'm pretty confident they will be. Yeah, that's fantastic. I know that uh, we are looking forward to the same application. So I, as, as Kathleen mentioned, it's always great to hear these different perspectives on this question as to where, where we see the future of AI going. And I, and, I, and I do like the focus on privacy and these issues around trustworthiness and ethics. 
um, people are becoming much more aware of their data footprint uh, in this world. They're aware of sort of both the positive uses of data. It's, as I have mentioned on so many other podcasts, it's so interesting the, the number of people that are following public health measures and data measures that you would never would think, you know, the average, you know, family is tracking things like our values and hospitalization rates and vaccination rates. And we're keeping eye on these measures. Of course, it would be nice if, if we had learned at a much, much younger age, uh, <laughs> things around statistics and, and, and what matters and significance, because sometimes people use numbers and they're not so sure about the proper context of this, right? This is part of data literacy, which <laughs> hopefully is making its way more into to the elementary schools. So these are really interesting. People are becoming more aware of it, and they're aware of both the positive uses and, of course, the negative uses. Things are coming out uh, about that. And so there's, there is more attention and awareness. And I think having that as part of the foundation for the Scottish government's AI uh, strategy and the framework and some of the things you mentioned, the NPF and and this AI playbook even that you mentioned, I'm very interested in, in seeing these things. Uh, to the extent that we can share those, if we have available, we will make sure that we link to them in our show notes. And yeah, even if you're a small business working in the retail industry in Colombia, you should still be paying attention to what the Scottish AI government is doing with its AI strategy because we are participating in this global environment, this global economy, and um, there's no need to to make mistakes uh, or to try to reinvent the wheel. So that's that's where we are really thankful. So I, on that note, I really want to thank so much our our featured uh, guest here. Uh, uh, for sharing with us, Albert King, the Chief uh, Data Officer at the of the Scottish Government. We are so thrilled to have you participate and be part of the AI Today podcast. Well, thanks very much for having me, Ron. It's been fantastic speaking to you today. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us today. And listeners, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes, including a link to the Scottish AI strategy, as well as Cognolytica's country-level strategy report. That's available for free to all COG Access subscribers. And if you're not a COG Access subscriber, reach out and we'll uh, help you get on board with a COG Access uh, subscription. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at cognolytica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolytica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica, all rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.